0: hello everybody and welcome back to the snapshot for episode 32 i'm brendan patrick joined by none other than marvel snap phenom km best km how was your week in marvel snap didn't you say it was 33 did i say something else yeah you said 32 well i mean classic
1: Maybe I'm maybe I'm on maybe I maybe I'm wrong. Well, maybe what, what? he maybe he said thirty three and, and it's totally fine and I'm the one who's hallucinating here. All right, let's move on. My weekend Marvel snap was you know t- tough, honestly. Uh, for those who are unaware, I uh, I lost my cat uh, on Friday. It was about as graceful as it could have been, but it was still the kind of thing that you know all week I sort of kind of knew was happening, and so it did definitely put a damper on my ability to enjoy the game for probably the first time ever. I I was like, oh, I just I just don't uh, I just don't know if I have it in me. But I do really still enjoy, you know, obviously streaming. It was very helpful to me to stream yesterday. I, I didn't know how I would take it. And my community was very nice to me. And I really appreciated that. And I also, you know, did take some time to scour the tournaments, interview people, get a handle on things. I've probably watched more tournaments than anyone else in the last few days and I do have a pretty decent handle on the meta but it is quite wide open right now because everyone is experimenting after the patch and it's just it's a little hard to tell what's actually definitively good. That said, I think Dark Hawk is still very very strong. Mm-hmm. The Move package is attacking Dark Hawk by blanking Shang-Chi and Enchantress, mm-hmm. so that is the major Method of attack there. And the, you know, various Thanos decks are including Magneto as a way of taking that matchup and making it a positive, or Wave and Magneto, because when you play Wave into Magneto against a Darkhawk deck, it is very hard for them to beat you. There are some other decks as well that are threatening those mid-range decks by just going over the top of them in non-interactive ways. So, for example, a Shuri deck with armor in it. So you go armor, Shuri, Red Skull, Taskmaster, they don't go that tall. Or, for example, the Moon Girl combo deck, which, uh, you know, just a bunch of She-Hulks and Hulks on the final turn of the game, maybe even going to a turn seven, making the Dark Hawk even smaller, stuff like that. And of course, there are the Nimrod combo decks, which are mostly non-interactive. You just go Shuri into Nimrod into like, ba-boom, 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 a bunch of Nimrods. And that is hard to deal with for those decks as well.
0: Yeah, interesting. Do you still see a high prevalence in a card like Legion? Maybe gatekeeping Mm -hmm. a lot of these these combo decks, especially the Moon Girl combo decks?
1: I think the issue is... In order to beat mirrors, I've seen people dropping Legion for say Sarah, Mm -hmm. right? Sarah's better in the Dark Hawk Mirror if you can land her by a very significant margin. But Legion is what keeps things like the Moon Girl deck at bay, right? So like there, there is like a give and take there. Mm -hmm. There's also, I think, a lot less magic decks though, because people are getting less fanciful with magic. Now that Legion is out. Just sort of generally, people have not been playing, you know, Living Tribunal Ramp or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just not been around. There's too much Darkhawk counterplay in the meta just naturally for you to want to do it. And a good number of them are still running Legion. So it's just like, okay, that's that's tough. Like I've seen people go for back to Stature Black Bolt for a Mirror Mm -hmm. Edge back to Sarah for a Mirror Edge. And that's like a reasonable attempt to uh, target mirrors. I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of my deck building is like, oh, I should really do something about the mirror here. But generally, just just generally, I still prefer Legion.
0: Mm. And how do you feel overall about the impact of the new seasonal card? Is it Dakin? I feel like it's it's it. No one
1: knows what it is, but it's provocative. <laughs> yeah. uh, it gets the people going. It's day. It's Dakin. I don't care. I I don't care if you if you. If you want to write in about how I'm pronouncing this wrong, I don't care. I I, I you I do not care. Um, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it's all right. Uh, you know, there's surfer decks and there's discard decks. And of the two, if I really wanted to play him, it would be in the surfer stuff. Interesting. But one of the one of the major advantages that I feel surfer decks have often had is they automatically blank Shang and Enchantress. Like they're just good at against decks with shang and enchantress that are reliant on Shangan and enchantress because of that and Dakin means you no longer do that mm-hmm. so that is something to consider in my humble opinion that it, it, it i'm not saying you can't play around it you obviously can play around it just throw priority do it on the final turn of the game it's pretty good but it is Notable and worrying that something that used to happen just for free in deck building is now no longer free. You have to actually think about it.
0: Mm. Yeah, interesting because this was one of the cards that was prior to the card releasing the season pass coming out was very hyped up on Twitter. <laughs> not a great, not a super reliable source sometimes, but doesn't really have the I will impact note that does. I never once typed this card up. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I there you cannot go back through my thing and see like. Oh, I who like the the closest I came to hyping this up is I asked people which of them they thought would be the best.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, I wish I had names, I don't but think... there was people that were like, it's it's this is this is Zabu pre nerf Zabu. Power no, level.
1: <laughs> my best comp was Thor. Yeah. And I think that's about right. Mm-hmm. Still, honestly, where it's just like, you know, this is a card that is above rate in the right decks. And frankly, my whole thing with him was I don't know how good he's going to be until he gets his support. Exactly. Silver Samurai mm-hmm. X 23. The other stuff that is coming out this season should make him better or at least has a chance on buffing the archetypes that he wants to go in rather than just, of course, being splashed in a surfer list.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The full season of supporting cards over the course of this month. I will. I will note one thing, though.
1: Mm-hmm. The reason I think the discard and surfer decks are the best Dakin decks is because everything else, like there's only two ways to play Dakin. One, you play him as a three eight. Two, you play him as like a three fifty or whatever. <sighs> right. If you are doing anything other than that, you are in the bad place, and that is the I invested some resources in this, and it dies to Shang Chi place. Don't be in that place. Either play it where if they Shang-Chi, if they don't Shang-Chi you, they cannot win the game, or play it so it can't get Shang-Chi. That, though, though, those are the rules of the card right now. Do not middle this. Do not make a 16-power deck in and then be like, ah, oh, man.
0: <laughs> like, don't
1: do it. Is
0: Shang-Chi just in, like, every deck right now?
1: I mean... As he should be considering what other people are trying to do, Mm -hmm. right? Like, people talk about how Shang-Chi could use a nerf. I I don't really know how true that is because, again, if it wasn't around, what would be happening (sighs) is here, uh, by two ships passing in the night, my points are larger than your points. And it's like, okay, that's fun for like a week. Mm -hmm. That's fun for a week. And then we need to get back to like thinking.
0: Yeah, it's a healthy. It's that's the thing. It's like it's a healthy effect. The question when it comes to Shang-Chi is, like, should it fit in the zabu shell at the four cost, right? Yeah,
1: and that it, that is, I think, like I, honestly, if it were like a three zero, would it be a better card? Oh hmm. uh, no, because a surfer. But like if it were like a five seven, like a really competitively costed five cost card. Yeah, I d- I don't know. I don't know. Even a five five, maybe. Like it's it, it's much harder to fit in everything, and I think. One of the things I would stress, though, is do you remember when Arrow wasn't everything and then they got rid of it and Galactus showed up? I mean the good old days? It's one of those situations. It's one of those situations where it's like, you know, you think that you hate this, but trust me, the thing that it's holding back is almost certainly more annoying. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you, you, I get it. You think that you hate this and you do. You have every right to, but whatever it's holding back is more annoying. I'm going to draw a nerd analogy here. It's the Lord Ruler from Mistborn, right? If you, if you if you never read that, it is he, he was the bad guy, the Mistborn spoilers, I guess. Uh, turn this off if you don't want Mistborn spoilers yeah, after it's they've already been spoiled.
0: You know. Turn it off. <laughs> Shut up.
1: Uh, you know, like, he's the bad guy, right? He's the bad guy in the first book, the most evil man, the, like the evil guy ruling the country. And it turns out that what he was trying to do was, you know, sort of misguidedly, but as effectively as he could protect it from a larger threat and that is uh that is shang chi right now where it's (laughs) like look you think it sucks but trust me if you get rid of this card it is gonna suck way more
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) that is my that is my that is my
0: read yeah a little nugget for all the brandon sanderson fans maybe listening um if i could if i could have like a statement to describe the past week actually with the release of the season pass it has it for me it's kind of been the rise of silk actually not that silk is the most impactful card but it's had it's at least how it's had a time in the spotlight right resurge right it's in a lot of decks people looking at it evaluating it for what it is which is quantitatively it's a two five and that's very powerful two five with minimal but that's down. not why it's being played so why is it being played
1: because it's it turns on Miles Morales mm-hmm. and it moves your Craven and Angela, right? Like that whole deck exists in the shadow of Darkhawk. It is a deck that is built in its entirety to blank tech cards. The idea is basically okay, there's only six turns in the game. You see nine cards. Mm-hmm. If we can turn two of those cards into not cards, that is a huge advantage. That is the entire point of the deck, mm-hmm. which is and, and one of the things that Darkhawk decks tend to be, and they're gonna have to change this, and I think some of them already are is threat light there's just the big dark hawk and that's kind of it and that is a problem that they have and so you you end up in this situation where like okay if you don't have iron lad now you really can't play the deck because people are blanking your tech cards and if they're blanking your tech cards not having iron lad is like iron lad is your second dark hawk some of the time and like that's really important now like there's a point at which you know black bolt stature ends up becoming more and more important because again it's just numbers you you need you need to be able to win games on numbers against decks that are blanking your tech right and the the move deck that's what it's built to do it's not you know silk is a 2-5 yeah she's a 2-5 that's awesome but the craven the angela mm-hmm. the potential kitty pride All that stuff that's what matters all those move decks are built to blank removal Mm. that is the point they want to be they're middling it right they want to be as big as you can get without ever getting above eight
0: well, let's read out the list for people listening, and I believe, so correct me if I'm on Kim, I believe this originated from Lamby series. So I'm looking at his Twitter to get it. it it's hard. Deck credit. Yeah, First yeah. of all,
1: deck credit is, is like horseshit. It's who,
0: it's who I got it from. <laughs> in a, in a tw- As
1: I understand it, Lamby series popularized it, mm-hmm. but I will say I know for a fact Revis was playing basically this deck mm-hmm. last season and had been banging the drum of it for a while, and we all kind of ignored him. Uh, Owl God. Uh, The Korean player played something very, very similar. Uh, And I think, you know, we all were just like, oh, that's cute. And then didn't really pay attention to it in the Kawa clash. I did play it a little bit. It was pretty good. But now that, you know, things have changed since then, Mm -hmm. I think it I think it has become a real threat with the idea being just let's blank. All of these tech cards out of the Dark Hawk deck, let's make them beat us with stats and we can actually, you know, have Shang-Chi. And there's two real ways of doing that. Uh, the first is just what I would call the aggro list, which is the list I put on Twitter. It's 11 of 12 of what Lambie played. And it is just it's basically just like if, if you've never played this before, start here. You got some training wheels, Jeff Nightcrawler. It's easy to understand an extra one drop. So if you mess up your curve, you're good. Uh, and then there is the Owl God deck, which he was running Sunspot instead of Iceman. I opted for Iceman just on the grounds that I think it's a little underplayed right now. And one of the things that worries me with that list is, you know, people who go Shuri into Nimrod. And if I can just find a card that disrupts that a little bit proactively at the one cost slot, as opposed to just like playing an armor or whatever, I think that's pretty useful for me. Yeah. Yeah uh but both of those decks are i think sort of like your intros to the archetype they're pretty easy to play and both of them are oriented specifically at beating dark hawk Mm. right specifically and like they are they are heat seeking missiles to beat dark hawk that is the point of them they are built to just have an advantage in that matchup naturally while also being a similar style of deck which is to say Put a bunch of points on the board and play a (laughs) 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 Shang-Chi or put a bunch of points on the board and play an Enchantress. Like it's very they're very similar decks. Mm -hmm. Well, but uh, they're built to have an advantage in what you'd call the pseudo mirror. Whether or not they actually do have that advantage is kind of up in the air. But there are two main ways to attack Darkhawk. One is blanking their tech cards. The other is playing
0: Magneto. And these decks are trying to do that. Let me read off the aggro list that uh, that I got from Lambie. That's about, that, I think that's about as good as I can get in deck credit for me and Marvel Snapchat. Yeah, that's where you got who it. I'm yeah. taking it from currently. So, um, yeah, Kitty Pride, Angela, Craven, Jeff, Silk, Hulkbuster, Spider Man, Shang-Chi, Captain Marvel, uh, Miles Morales, Spider Man, Legion, America, Chavez. Um, is there anything, any sort of nuance past what you already said that we need to talk about when it comes to piloting this list and being successful with it, or is it pretty straightforward in terms of point slam? I
1: know it's hard. It's hard for me to know because to me, it's like, oh, this is pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. But to you, it might not be. So I guess, I guess, not to you, Brendan, but like <laughs> the general public, it might not be. But to me, like, I think people like get ca- caught up in like, oh, this is so complex. And it's like, really, the only complexities here are planning for your silk turns she is genuinely Mm -hmm. very hard to play like if you have priority you can make sure where she isn't basically because wherever you play your last or if you don't have priority you can make sure where she isn't if you do have priority all bets are off uh the main thing that she does though because a lot of what i noticed about the curve of this list is there's a lot of like ways to fit plus ones in right So your your turn two is a two drop. Your turn three is a two plus a one. Right. Uh, Kitty. This is why Kitty is so very good in this list, because she fits in as a one a lot of the time and she can constantly trigger silk if you would like to trigger silk. Right. So that is one of the major things that this deck has going for it. Uh, I don't think you need Kitty to play these lists. You'll notice the Owl God version, which is like a little more mid rangey, does not have her at all because it wants to play Magneto because it wants to be able to Magneto all your Darkhawk stuff. And so, like, there is some concessions being made there, but basically, there are some really, really interesting things happening with this list. And the main thing you need to understand is, you know, you want to get your Silk up and running as soon as possible, and then you want to be playing like X plus one a lot of the time. So, or so, like for example, you have you play Craven, you play Silk into Nightcrawler, move the Crave, move the Nightcrawler over to the Craven lane, hopefully, then you play something on there plus a. Uh, You play like a three plus a one the next turn, that one then potentially being Miles Morales. Then uh, your five ends up being like a four plus one if you didn't play the miles on that turn. Like there's just a lot of if you keep the Silk in rotation, you can keep your miles at one basically. And then that means that gives you a lot of flexibility in how and when you deploy. You have to keep in mind that Captain Marvel will count that Craven gets a buff with her you have to keep in mind just a whole lot of different stuff in terms of your positioning at the end of games. Mm -hmm. You can end up with full lanes and you don't necessarily always want to because Captain Marvel moving is a very powerful thing you can get done. I think, honestly, the Captain Marvel buff was the biggest thing for this deck Mm -hmm. where now suddenly instead of this useless five, it is a very strong four. And I think that's why this deck really rose to prominence because... This package wasn't around, like I said. Revis was playing it; it was doing well. But Captain Marvel getting buffed in your deck that already runs Craven, like there, there's—it's just very difficult to play against unless you are putting an overpowering amount of points on the board.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the. <sighs> like the easiest low to the ground foundational heuristic of this deck is Miles Morales is not a four five. It's a one five. <laughs> so you shouldn't be mm-hmm. playing it on four or something like that. Um, Cam, what do you, what are the targets for the Hulk Buster? Is, is there anything or is there something specific? I, I you-
1: cut the Hulk Buster. Yeah.
0: Cause that's the card that sticks out to me. I'm like, okay. I cut
1: the Hulk Buster for Nightcrawler, but the idea with the Hulk Buster is it's supposed to go on Jeff. It's supposed to go on Kitty. And it's really good when it does that. And if you don't have those things, you just play it as a three five, but it's just like, I one of the big pitches for this deck for me was we are immune to Shang-Chi mm-hmm. and a lot of the time you want to put Hulkbuster on things that are not immune to Shang-Chi anymore and it's just like I, I, I got rid of that card uh, I will quote I will quote an unnamed very good player here who was just like yeah Hulkbuster is not a good card <laughs> <laughs> that is that is where where I ended up at with it as well where it's just like that is just yeah. not a very good look card. at the stats it's I cool mean- though like if you can if you can hit it on kitty it's like the greatest thing on earth yeah but if you hit it on basically anything else you are suddenly very vulnerable to a card that you otherwise freely beat
0: i mean you can look at the other card in this list that has the same stats spider-man which has an immensely more powerful effect just like across the board right maybe not you know when you hit the whole spider-man's actually
1: honestly i talked about captain marvel spider-man's probably even a bigger reason Uh why this deck is good now because he is an instant guaranteed miles proc whenever you need him Mm-hmm. That's extremely powerful. Like that <laughs> is you you do have to plan out, like, okay, when am I actually gonna play my miles? Because a lot of times, like maybe your turn yeah. four wants to be a Captain Marvel instead. So your Spider-Man should actually go on turn four along with the one cost card. And then you go Captain Marvel Miles on five. But like that guarantee, also he's just a ridiculous card, but the guarantee is is even more ridiculous because, like, obviously, if you Spider-Man then win the Craven flip, he's a three-nine which is disgusting. You get the miles discount for free. Like there's just, there's just a bunch of stuff that got buffed that made this deck really, really, really strong.
0: Yeah. And about the Legion is Legion in most of these decks because it's controlling some of these combo decks or just because the floor on Legion is just so powerful at a five, eight body. Both. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's uh, without it, you wouldn't have any location control Mm. and, you know, Fisk tower is a thing. There are some locations that really screw you up there are some locations that are really good for you like if you can turn everything into like a strange academy or a Kunlun or something right there's a lot of things that legion can do that's very powerful for you and generally just having it in your deck when you don't really have any other specific ideas is totally fine uh there are plenty of good five cost cards you could put in there like uh for example the Owl God version plays, you know, Black Bolt Stature, which is again, like, it's just like, here's the most points we can possibly play for the least energy that doesn't get Shang-Chi, right? Like, mm. that, is, that is the entire raison d'etre of these lists. Mm. Just. We're doing points and we're not getting tech done.
0: Let me read out the OWL list. Um, that's going to be Iceman, Craven, Jeff, Silk, Polaris, Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, Enchantress, Miles Morales, Stature, Black Bolt, Magneto. First thing I want to ask you is just the dichotomy between the list regarding the America Chavez versus the Magneto. Where do you sort of lean in terms of that top end? Do you like having the utility of the Magneto or do you think the consistency of the America Chavez is necessary in a list like this?
1: Magneto's busted right now. Yeah. Like, you you can... I will not fault you for making either decision, but Magneto is, like, the best six-cost card in the game right now. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just uh, think about all the things you can do just, to a Darkhawk yeah, player with sh- that card. Just
0: everything, right?
1: Think about everything that every Darkhawk player is attempting to accomplish, and then think about how much you can ruin their lives by playing a Magneto on <laughs> it. Like, it is very, very, very powerful.
0: Mm. Yeah, and we talked about this last week regarding the Darkhawk list, that it's, you know, it is a very powerful list, but when you don't have that um, that turn three rock slide, and then you also have the Darkhawk, it's like, you have so many tech cards in your deck that when you're actually trying to compete on points, it can be such an underwhelming deck if you don't find the right pieces at the right time.
1: Where's the beef?
0: Yeah. Where's the beef? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um... wanna I had something else I was going to ask you regarding these lists. I mean, maybe we can just hit on some of the other ones you had. I do want to say, uh, for the record,
1: Iceman was something I put in. He was running Sunspot there. Mm. I didn't get a lot out of Sunspot when I played, and I was just like, I want something that's good that I just don't like if I play it late. I don't have to be like, oh, man, I play this card late. Because a lot of the times you'll play a card like late, a one drop late to get like a uh, an extra silk proc or something like that, and I just don't want to be like, oh, I'm playing sunspot on turn five for zero points. <laughs> like, I that that was that was one of the things that really stuck me. I, like, I just I want to be have something that I'm fine playing late and I'm also fine playing early. And I was just like, okay, that's probably Ice Man.
0: I remembered my question. It was that if this list beats Dark Hoth so handily what does it lose to that Dark Hawk beats? Why would you still be playing the Dark Hawk? I'm not sure. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure it actually beats Dark Hawk very handily. Like, it's built to, it's built to, but like fundamentally the power level of going Zabu, Rockslide, Iron Lad, Captain Marvel or whatever is ridiculous. Like, just on a fundamental level, the amount of disruption and power that that kind of deck can put out when it does its thing correctly is very, very like I, I think it's not necessarily, I don't think it's a good matchup for the Dark Hawk deck, but I don't think it's anywhere close to unwinnable despite how built to beat it it is. Mm.
0: And for people listening, let's just go over the Dark Hawk deck. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> The Darkhawk deck. <laughs> little Freudian slip um, that you had posted on your Twitter, which is Korg, Spider-Ham, Zabu, Jeff, Rogue, Darkhawk, Shang-Chi, Cap- Captain Marvel, Rockslide, Iron Lad, Legion, America, Chavez. So, yeah, like you said, if Darkhawk hits the curve, you know, maybe it still is the best deck in the metagame. How, like, if you had to pick one to take to your next gold infinite conquest run i know it's not out yet which one are you leaning towards right now which list do you favor
1: i favor dark hawk for familiarity purposes and just because i am used to playing that and because i think that that list of dark hawk is just extremely cutting edge Hmm. right now in a few days, you probably won't be. But that list that you just listed out, uh, it's Torakoon's list. We've been working on it for a while, just like trying to figure out like what the actual optimal list is. I know Proud a ended up somewhere close to that. We are we all sort of talk about this stuff. And I think that one just makes so much sense to me right now, both in terms of just having some actual beef in the list and in terms of just roguing mirrors. So one of the big ways that you can steal cubes is they turn to Zabu snap. You rogue their Zabu. Mm. And it's not like awesome or whatever, because, you know, they already got their little uh, turn three rock slide or whatever. But one of the things the Darkhawk decks are built around is having Zabu so you can play two four cost cards on the final turn of the game Mm -hmm. and taking that away when they think they're at their strongest is very, very powerful. It can help break Zabu stalemates. For example, if you both have Zabu, you get rogue, you rogue their Zabu. It's done, right?
0: Did you ever experiment with super scroll in that slot? The rogue slot. It's
1: worse, I think, not just because it costs four, but because it doesn't do the thing with Zabu that you want. It Mm -hmm. doesn't take their Zabu. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take their position of strength and convert it into a position of weakness. Okay. it just makes your position of strength more equal to theirs. But by that point, if you're not playing Zabu, super scroll is not going to catch you
0: up. Makes sense. And you have, two, you have two Thanos lists posted here, one being Lockjaw Thanos. Is there? Do you want to talk about both of them, or is there one that you think is a bit sure. more Sure. Pom- okay. Well, let's let's go talk with, about both. Let's go with so Lockjaw. I, I, I'll read it out first before. Let's go Lockjaw Thanos. Um, Wasp, Spider-Ham, Lockjaw, Killmonger, Wave, Spider-Man. Man, they're really catching me up with these nowadays. Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. Devil Dinosaur, Vision, Thanos, Magneto, Death. So that is a list from the human spider.
1: For those of you who are not familiar with the human spider, he is my oldest rival (laughs) in Marvel Snap. Like when I say my oldest rival, I mean, we were the only two people in high elo in the beta that could play each other like on our server. It was literally just us. And the first season of the game uh, release season, I think I finished rank like six hundred fifteen. He finished right behind me at rank like five hundred. That's just how it was back then. The first time I ran into him, this is this is actually like a ridiculous thing to say. The first time I ran into him, he beat me with an innovative Wong deck. And I know you're going to be like, what do you mean an innovative Wong deck? I mean, like literally the basic Wong deck. It hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> like, like this was when it was like revolutionary to go uh, Ironheart into uh, Ironheart into Wong into White Tiger into Odin. It was revolutionary. To do that and call it like a competitive deck at the highest echelon, right? That was not a thing that we thought was actually good. He also was like one of the big reasons why Iceman took prominence over Korg was him. He was running Iceman as his one drop of choice in that list. Uh, it was like an early version of the Storm. Yeah. Like that was one of the first places Storm was good was because you'd Storm a lane, then wong off it, then dump stuff on the Storm Lane. Like, this is all stuff that sounds Extremely basic and normal to you now because it is. Yeah. But it is that way because of this guy. So obviously
0: there was there was a some there was a one-drop slot. So this is like pre Darkhawk and people would play Korg as a one-drop just to put a rock. I was one
1: of those people. I thought Korg was
0: better. Yeah. And that's archaic Marvel snap at this point, isn't it? Yes,
1: Oh man, it is. It is forever ago. Anyway, that is the human spider. He's also someone who deserves a ton of credit for the original rise of Thanos. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to like toot my own horn a lot, but a lot of the original rise of Thanos happened in my discord. Like there was like a 5000 post thread in like January about that list. Right. And he was one of the people that put people onto it in there for sure. Without question. Uh, it was like way, 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 way back in the day. So now it's complete lack of surprise. He's playing Thanos Lockjaw again. He just likes playing it. Uh, and he finished second place in the Snap Battle Arena. And I actually have an interview with him going live on Monday on my YouTube channel for a further breakdown of the list from his perspective.
0: Mm.
1: Um, he is a very talented player and this list is pretty damn good.
0: Did he win the uh, the verse event for the Neon Cat, or whatever the hell it was?
1: Oh, I do think he has the 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 Neon Challenge title. He, either he has it or he got messed up by like the way that that ended with the three hour final day. I think it was that. I second. think
0: he has it. Oh. It's it's one of those two. No, though. no, Educated Collins got messed up. That was it. Mm. Yeah, 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 he got messed I up. I know Tori has it. Yeah. Tori has it. And th- there's people listening to this right now and they're like, they're like, what Stone Age? Don't Marvel? even bother. It's what just beta stuff. <laughs> Don't
1: even bother. It's beta stuff. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah. Um, so regarding this, uh, this Lockjaw Thanos list, I mean... Kind of similar to a list that, I mean, was being played a couple weeks ago that I think they're close to a list that you almost played in the Conqueror's event, right? Or did you actually end up playing Thanos Lockjaw in the Conqueror's It's event? a
1: little bit like the Desmond list, yeah, but really what it reminds me of is just the old Lockjaw Thanos lists. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a sucker for anything playing Wave at this point. I I'm a big Wave believer, right? Honestly, a card I wish I could get in here was Odin. That is a card I really, really, really want to get in here because, you know, there, you know how many decks are prepared for wave Odin right now? It's basically zero. And Thanos is usually very good at getting ahead into wave Odin because a lot of people are not playing Killmonger right now. you just like go bunch of stones wave Odin? Uh, you're dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is that is absolutely a thing that I'm interested in uh, in a list like this. But I, I understand why, for obvious reasons, the Magneto had to be the call. Yeah. Because Darkhawk is still so prevalent and this list is, you know, it's a lockjaw list. So you have to do something about the Dark Hawk matchup if your lockjaw is gonna suck. So Wave Magneto, very good in that matchup. Yeah.
0: I mean, Wave and seems in so, addition- so well positioned right now. All these decks are playing their discount decks with the Zabu, you know, playing multiple cards of torn, or they're discounting via Black Bolt Stature. I mean, Wave is the classic, classic counter to Blackbolt stature, but also having the Miles Morales in that package. I mean, Wave just seems like one of the one of the best cards you can be playing. If you can justify a 3 I think three. she's
1: good. I think she's good. I just haven't found anything that's really broken through for me with her. Mm-hmm. But obviously, like I, I think she's
0: awesome. Yeah. Uh, you were saying something there. I kind of cut you off. Do you remember what that was? I already forgot. <laughs> yeah. <think>. <laughs> All right. So regarding this list, uh, relative to the power level of these Darkhawk decks and these sort of like move-esque decks, do you find this deck to be like... Is it good enough to queue up into these Darkhawk decks because you have things like yes. the Magneto? Okay, so what are some, I know Thanos Lockjaw is sort of one of these decks that has been historically, I don't know, harder to play, has a bit of a higher skill cap. Is there any any tips you could give people maybe looking at it and looking to pick it up um, that they might not see first time looking at the 12 cards?
1: No, I think most of these are pretty well known, like snap on Lockjaw Wasp, snap on early mindstone. Stone, be extra aggressive when your opponent's decks are not doing their thing. Mm-hmm. So like if they don't play a Zabu on turn two, you could snap like As long as you're doing something kind of reasonable, if they're not playing a Zabu on turn two, you are very, very able to try to snap and bully them out of this. Because if they're not playing a Zabu on turn two, what that means is you're almost certainly going to be able to Magneto every card they play into one lane. But (laughs) it is going to be all threes and fours for the rest of the game for them, for the most part, with maybe one five notable exception. Black Bolt stature actually pretty good against this list compared to like the other ones. But that is you. You can very reasonably like if you have like wave mm-hmm. in your hand and they miss uh, Zabu, you could snap. Like you, you could just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get you here uh, by by virtue of taking more game actions, playing wave on five, and then magnetoing you. Yeah, yeah. Unless your hand is absolutely unplayable, you can you can do stuff like. That.
0: Yeah, I think one of the best things about the Thanos deck is the sn- early snap equity, or at least that's what we sort of recognize at this time. I mean, it's just common. It's sort of a common strategy to, you know, Mind Stone Snap, Lockjaw, Wasp Snap. Like, these are some early, early snaps you can do with this deck because it does get so favored off of some of those those hands. Um, this other list you have here, another Thanos list, but no Lockjaw, uh, It's Craven, Jeff, Polaris, Spider-Man, Super Scroll, Shang-Chi, stagron blue marvel professor x vision thanos magneto
1: this is OKJK's thanos list it won in the finals against ths's thanos list Mm -hmm. and what it looks like to me and what it plays like to me is just like a recognition like all right what if we just put all the good cards into thanos Mm -hmm. what if we were just like i'm gonna put every good card into the thanos deck and it's gonna be fine and you know what it is fine (laughs) <laughs> hey i saw a similar list from uh owl mm-hmm. uh who was also doing i think it was like it has included like thanos gene gray negasonic though and uh yeah i'm not really a negasonic guy but i i do think that it is something that has like some real potential just a list where it's just like all right what if we just put all the best early threats and then some thanos stuff into a thanos deck and she's like oh that's probably good <laughs> like this is uh, one of the advantages this has, interestingly, against other Thanos decks is, you know, having your own Craven into like move decks. Yeah, is a very powerful thing to have. It's like almost a deterrent to the move deck that is running around right now because you also get those buffs. And I think at this point it just should be recognized just how powerful Spider-Man is. Uh, one thing that I think people might not really be into is the Stegron. And I do think he's probably replaceable, but He's just good a lot of the time with Spider-Man and Stagron. You have a shocking amount of control and ability to attempt to clog your opponent, right? And if you can clog your opponent by putting all their early plays in your Craven lane and buffing your Craven while you do that, that is a very, very powerful thing to
0: do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some the, there's some really standout cards for me in these lists that uh, you know in the context of the meta, the things like the Magneto, like the Wave, and even like the Craven. Right, you're you're playing a two two, um, but getting additional value from many. If a lot of your opponents you're facing are playing this this sort of pseudo move package, it uh, is quite a deterrent, like you said. And then you all, of course, you have the Jeff, the Stegran, etc. Uh, have you had a chance to experiment and play this list uh, sort of con- within Conquest yourself?
1: I have only played it a little bit. I, I would not. I would not call myself an expert mm. on it. I just think it has proven by winning the tournament and in the little bit I have played with it that this is something you may or may not see on ladder, but it's definitely something that deserves some investigation.
0: Yeah, this I list, think it's quite strong. This list is super interesting to me. This is out of out of all of them. This is the one of the ones where it's like. I don't think I would have ever come up with this like this, especially this early package in the context of like a sort of top end Thanos shell that we're used to. Right. Like Blue Marvel, Professor X, Vision, Thanos, Magneto with the Shang-Chi like in Spider-Man. That's very usual. But these other cards are very, very interesting uh, for sure. Kim, anything else you want to round out sort of the meta analysis with? I know. Yes. Okay, go ahead.
1: I want to talk about I want to talk about like there's just a bunch of stuff that like we haven't talked about. We probably won't. Surfer and discard are fine if you want to play them. I want to talk about Shuri decks. Okay, so right now there are a couple major Shuri decks. Uh, Obviously, you know, normal Shuri Red Skull. I will say I think if you are going to play Shuri Red Skull, you need to be playing like with Sunspot and She-Hulk right now, I think, because without the ability like one of the big things that the Kitty Red Skull deck did was bring back your flexibility in terms of where you deployed your points on the final turn of the game and your non-reliance on Shang-Chi. So on non-reliance on stuff that gets Shang-Chi, right? So right now, every Red Skull deck seems to be built such that it's just like, oh, well, I am going to play the card Shang-Chi and you are going to die. Unless you got specifically like armor into Sauron, into Shuri, into Red Skull, into Taskmaster, you're going to be playing an unprotected Red Skull at some point. And frankly, I think at this point you are like you can't do that. You can't do it. Mm -hmm. So I I think that if you are going to play those Shuri decks, you should be including Sunspot She-Hulk, just so you have some way of dealing with Shang-Chi decks with perhaps an 18 power She-Hulk and a uh, 18 power Taskmaster on the final turn of the game. In addition, the Shuri Nimrod decks are also just really strong, right? Like you notice all these mid-range decks. Basically, none of them are playing Cosmo. Basically, none of them are playing Armor. and they're all playing Shang-Chi. And like, obviously, you can't Shang-Chi and Nimrod. There are some interactions that these decks do have, like uh, I've spider man a Nimrod before, right? <laughs> like, I have, I have done stuff like that, right? You can mess up things in that way, but it's not the most common thing that you can get done. Uh, and so I do think, like, you know, until people start really threatening them, like, those decks aren't very good, but they are some of the only bad matchups for these mid-range decks. And also, one thing that I saw was, a really fun list that just jammed the Nimrod stuff and the Shuri stuff in the same deck. It was just like, all right, look, all right, look, this is we're we're doing Nimrod. We're doing Shuri. We're doing Phoenix Force. One of these combos is going to work, right? Like one of these combos is going to be a thing. And I, I thought that was just a very fun little way to deck build. So mm-hmm. I, I I would be interested in investigating that, too. Because right now, the things that work well against these decks are just things that go over the top as hard as possible without getting Shang-Chi'd. Mm-hmm. So if you can set up something like Nimrod, or if you can set up something like a an 8-power Phoenix Force, or not an 8-power Phoenix Force, like an 8-power Multiple Man or whatever, or if you can put an armor on the board and then have Phoenix Force revive a Human Torch, move the Human Torch to the armor lane kind of thing. Like they're, they're, If you can find ways to play around... Getting your shit rocked by Shang Chi is basically the the pitch here.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. I mean, one card you mentioned there, Cos- Cosmo, is just one of those cards that has really fallen off um, in terms of meta representation. I just remember a month or two months ago, it was it was discussed as like one of the most oppressive cards in the game. In which in which, in which case it probably was it in the context of the card pool. But it's
1: it's just like the the issue is the issue that the thing has is cosmo used to be the, the de- there wasn't a deck punishing decks for running cosmo because the decks that ran cosmo used to be able to afford it by putting a ton of points on the board mm. right like you could put it in your dark hawk deck and it'd be fine because like you're dark hawking them you're still putting a shitload of points there but now the mid-range decks the move stuff is punishing you from the ground up i would say it's mm-hmm. saying you might not have enough points and you might have a bunch of blank cards which means you probably can't run this blank card against me that said uh you could replace america chavez with cosmo in the dark hawk list i would be totally fine with that mm-hmm. i i actually had it like that for up and like in the video that i did i had it like that and then i was like ah, no, we should put chavez in there
0: there's one more there's one more deck i want to talk about again from Lambie series uh Man, I just thank him so much during this podcast. But call the Shmoove Hawk, just a Dark Hawk deck with a little bit. of... Oh no, no,
1: no, no, no! We, we, I've talked about this one.
0: Go for it. Wh- wh- uh, what did you say? Don't garbage don't. or
1: not garbage? Just like if you're going to play this, play the move deck.
0: Okay, okay, well, but okay. Like, well, let's let's use it for context then. So even if you're not going to play this list, I'm going to read this list out. We're going to use it for context. You're going to talk about why this list is not effective. So Kitty Pride Core... It's not
1: not effective. It's totally fine. It's good like it it. what it is though is it's just point mm-hmm. that's the issue well
0: there's a shang chi in there and yeah. a legion
1: but if you have the shang chi and the legion what makes it better than the move deck because it also has those cards
0: yeah so it just gets so the that's move the deck issue. the move deck is blanking the shang chi um so now you have a dead card mm-hmm. in
1: and suddenly and you're not because you're a dark hawk deck right like that's That's like, that's the like, I, 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 I'm not even 100% sure that I buy that. It's a better version of the Darkhawk list, because one of the things I really I really like in the Darkhawk list is holy shit. I like Spider-Ham right now. Like, it just gives you outs to so much garbage like that. You just otherwise would be unable to deal with. I actually feel sad about losing Mm. Spider-Ham. So this list, I think, is if you wanted your Darkhawk deck to be better into the move deck, you could do this. But I'm not sure how necessary it is to do that.
0: Yeah, I picked this one out because the the opening line here is the better way to play Zabu Hawk. Period. <laughs> Big claims, uh, but just so people have context for the list, it's Kitty Pride, Korg, Angela Zabu, Jeff Silk, Dark Hawk, Shang Chi, Miles Morales, Rockslide, Legion, America Chavez, and for the reasons you said, maybe not. The the the. It feels like it's middling it basically. Yeah, and that that can happen, right? It's like you try to just be both decks at the same time and you're not right. the, you're, you're the jack of all trades but the master of right. none I guess Where,
1: like right now what Dark Hawk has over the move deck is it has game against weird bullshit right mm. it has spider hand it has enchantress it has game against weird stuff it is still policing the meta and what this is is saying alright what if we stop trying to police the meta and started trying to beat the mid range mirrors mm. And I think it is a very effective method of doing that. But I don't know that you would ever play this if you could just play the move deck. What are like it? this feels like taking uh, I, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like I would rather play either the move deck or the dark hawk deck than this mm. because are, they are filling different roles
0: what are some of the key hits of spider-man in this meta is it things like that magneto the opposing magneto hitting that and preventing spider ham from- yeah. yeah
1: hitting magneto is obviously incredible because <laughs> there are a lot of decks relying on magneto right now but like hitting sarah in sarah decks, hitting mm. the living tribunal if people are trying to scam you there right like there's just a bunch of stuff that you randomly Gain a ton of percentage against hitting null versus destroyed X or death versus destroyed X, right? Like, there's just a bunch of stuff that it does. It covers you in ways that no other card can, right? It is a card that just absolutely covers you against anything you didn't plan for. Mm. And I think that's the upside of like, if you were to play a Dark Hawk list, the reason you would play it is because you are prepared for everything. That is what you do. Granted, you are not prepared for Nimrod. Shuri. you are totally unprepared for that, but like you are prepared for most things you're going to see. And I think with this list, I actually talked with Lambie about it and I, I am fairly certain he will agree with what I say, which is if you're going to play this, just play the move list. Mm. <laughs> like, if you're going to like this is the Darkhawk list attempting to adapt to move mirrors, right? to all those move decks trying to go under it. It's attempting to adapt to that. It's getting sleeker and more aiming for points and cutting the Enchantress because the Enchantress doesn't do anything in those matchups. And so it's it's smart deck building. But I think he'd agree with me. Just play the move list if you're going to play
0: this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cam, I want to actually get this podcast under, the, under an hour for the first time ever in the Snapshot The first history. time ever. And, but... In order to do that, we're going to have to talk about the rest of the cards that are coming out this month in the context of Dakin. So we're going to speed through it. All right. First one, Lady Deathstrike. Five three on reveal. Destroy each card here with less power than this. What are your thoughts?
1: There's Dracula counterplay. Finally.
0: Finally. Oh, my God. That's people have been yelling about, oh, there's
1: no counterplay to Dracula for forever. Now there's Dracula counterplay. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I also think that, you know, I wish she wasn't a five three, but for obvious reasons, she probably couldn't be a four. Yeah, 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 (laughs)
0: yeah.
1: Like, I, uh, I like this card a lot. I don't know if it's going to be good, but it's 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 at least cool enough for me to want to try for sure. Like, just I am. Generally of the opinion that destroying your opponent's cards is extremely powerful and an underrated effect, right? Yeah. So can we share you this? Yeah, you probably don't sure yet. It's better to just like forge it.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about forge, but then I'm like, okay, turn four forge. What else are we playing on turn four with the forge? It's
1: well, like- you go like, uh, you go like, I don't know, like turn four forge. You wouldn't necessarily be like that's that's that good, but like, what if you uh, like I don't know, I I, I don't hate this. I think it's just killing a lot of stuff. If like if you can get it up to five, I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm kind of into that. You know, like you go like turn four, you play Jeff Forge just blow up like half a lane seems mm. pretty good to me. Cause yeah. like like most uh, getting it to seven feels like the real break point. Honestly, I think it's seven.
0: I think it's six. There's so many four or fives in the meta, right? Like, if if this was destroy each card here with less power or less or equal power to this, it would be so good because, like, all these cards are four or fives nowadays, I feel like.
1: Yeah, like, there's a bunch of four or fives. There's a bunch of, but, like, here's the thing. Like, you look at cards like Angela. You look at cards like Bishop. You look at cards like Craven. These are cards that start small and get bigger. Mm -hmm. And by the time this card comes down, they might not be big enough to live. And that is an interesting thing for me for sure. Mm-hmm, for sure.
0: Do you think it do you think it helps uh Daken at all? You know, somehow playing it into the Miramaster Shard or
1: Don't think so, because like I said, I don't think Dakin, I guess playing into the Miramaster Shard is pretty cool, right? Like I don't think Dakin. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. When does it check the power? So if you played a Nova really early. Like if your first card in the lane was a Nova. And then the Nova goes off and Lady Deathstrike goes to 4 power. Does it then are the rest of them checking for 4 or for 3?
0: I assume they check for 4.
1: So that that that's pretty interesting, right? Cuz like that's one way to get it to 6. You go uh play a Nova in the lane, you go Forge, and then suddenly you play it at 5, the Nova pops, it goes to 6, you check it at 6. Mm-hmm. If that's how that works, that's interesting, right? Like there's there's some like mechanical stuff that I don't really know about here. But I I don't think this card is going to be a staple. I don't think this card is going to be like overwhelmingly powerful, but that's mostly because I think they are being very careful with his power level because this is not the kind of card that they would want to be everywhere.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, this would be a pretty toxic effect (laughs) to be honest, but I'm thinking more like, you know, okay, turn three Spider-Man, right? Mm it, which is not ideal to play Spider-Man, but you're forcing your opponent to play into two lanes. Maybe one of the other lanes is unfavorable location. Then you play Shuri. I mean, the thing is, like, if you go Shuri Lady Deathstrike, if that's even remotely a meta deck, it's going to be no one's going to play in there after they see the Shuri, right? They're going to avoid that lane, which is the problem. But I feel like Shuri. This you put it gets, in
1: the same deck as the Nimrod, right? Yeah, it's it's your Nimrod. It's your Nimrod mix-up because mm. you go like Shuri Nimrod or Shuri Lady Deathstrike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, know. I don't know. It's definitely I, I, cute. Yeah, I do it's, agree. It's a cute card. I do I agree it'll best. be toxic if it's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really right. tough to deal with if it's good.
0: X23, a one drop. So it's a one two and says when this is discarded or destroyed, regenerate it at a random location and you get plus one energy next turn. What are your thoughts?
1: I think this card seems quite, 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 quite powerful. Like just having a like one of the reasons I enjoyed Deadpool, even though he's not a very good card, is just there's some payoff here, right? You get some payoff for using your destroy cards on curve. And X 23 is that on steroids. Uh, I I honestly wonder how she'll impact deck building, though, because I don't really know how to build the deck with the expectation that I will have extra energy. And also the expectation that what if I don't, right? Mm. It's a very awkward situation. I do think that the first few decks I build with her are all gonna use America Chavez because if she's good, it'll be a kitty pride level of good, where it's just like playing her on turn one is like the most broken thing you could ever do. Yeah. But like imagine using this to power out early Lady Death Strikes, early Nimrods, this early, looks- like that stuff's really strong, right? Like that is just unbelievably powerful. Imagine using it to power out early galactic, I know. This looks
0: disgusting. Like, there's a lot. And you there's could, a you lot can do of it. stuff. You could get, like, the thing is, is, like, this gets regenerated. I'm assuming when it's regenerated, it's the same text. I mean, there's no reason why it wouldn't mm-hmm. be. So you're getting, you could get, like, two, three energy off this in a single game of Marvel Snap. I, and that's yes. not even that crazy, right? Like, this card looks absolutely disgusting. I don't it know. Because, you could, I mean, this is, I mean, let's just go, let's just go normal ass destroy deck or something like that right so we go turn to carnage boom we're up to four energy or we're up to we go yep, up-
1: and then you then you play like a venom or whatever you're up to six
0: yeah it's crazy
1: <laughs> it's just like oh that's really good this the issue is how are you gonna like the issue is how are you gonna have cards in your hand okay so that's that's the main thing you come up with is like all right how do you have cards in your hand because one of the things with the destroy decks is They do consume their own resources pretty heavily. They tax themselves pretty Mm. heavily, right? So, like, how are you going to have cards in your hand to actually use this energy? Are you building to purely high roll and just win every game you draw X-23 on one? Are you building to just use it as a piece of your deck? Does it just go in Thanos or whatever? Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch
0: of stuff. It's good enough, even if, like, if it's, like, pseudo-timestone, right? If you're able to go, like, turn four, Let's say we're just consistently destroying us on turn four. We go six drop, six drop. I mean that that itself is just very very powerful. The fact that you can maybe do this on turn two, you can blow it up, and then you also blow it up in turn four. So you go six drop, six drop. This seems like this seems like a good card. I'm I'm very interested in this card actually. I would agree. Next up, Silver Samurai four five on reveal. Each player discards the lowest power card in their hand. I
1: mean, so this is an obvious Daken synergy piece, right? yes where that one is almost always going to be the lowest power card in your hand but i think a lot of the the rest of the power of this card is going to be a little bit more contextual right Mm -hmm. like you know is playing this into black bolt just like really good is going like dakin silver samurai black bolt just like ripping your opponent's hand apart is that yeah yeah like what if you went like okay hear me out spider ham dakin silver samurai oh my god that's just a lot of strong stuff, right? Like there's, there's a lot of like, just, whoa, I can't do How anything do you anymore. Curve,
0: Cam? You would literally, you have like no usable cards in hand. Like
1: uh, a, you would be playing a discard deck.
0: Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that also seems like pretty that, good because you could also have Swarm right? in your hand as well. I mean, the fa- I, don't, I was the first time I saw this card, of course. I don't
1: think Swarm is ever going to be pitched by this. Yeah, like three is too high. Dakin with oh, the one power. that it creates. I thought lowest
0: cost. I read it wrong. No,
1: no, yeah. lowest power yeah. is is like a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's this is the card that I think Muramasa. goes with in the most because of that, right? Because having something that you actively want to pitch is critical for cards like this. If you don't have something that you actively want to pitch, this is going to hurt you a lot more than it's going to hurt them. Right. Yeah. So like having uh X 23, having the Muramasa shard, right? That is the kind of thing, like, this is the kind of deck that could evolve out of this. It's just like, obviously, it could just go in the Zabu Darkhawk shell. Mm-hmm. It might, for all I know. Yeah. But, like, I mean, that would be like, you go back to the Black Bolt stuff, you go Zabu Hawk, and you just discard all their cards. And if that's good enough, they <laughs> die, right? You have Spider Ham for their highest power card. Or spider hand for their highest cost card, black bolt for their lowest cost card, and then you have silver samurai for their lowest power card. Like that is mm. a lot of hand attack, and I, I'm a little
0: surprised this card came out the way that it did. Yeah, I mean this card looks. I mean, we talk about X twenty three maybe being toxic or death drive maybe toxic. This card, I mean, this with dark hot. Like this if you like play against toxic black, this is like kind of toxic that's playable. Yeah, uh, if you play against black, I feel like. If you play against Black Bolt and you disc, even discarding the single card, it's like, mm, it's it already feels like a lot. Now it's like two cards consistently, the opponent's discarding their Muramasa Shard or some one drop that they didn't end up playing or they drew late. It doesn't really matter. And you're maybe losing a playable card. It's like, oh, my God. it's mm-hmm. looks really good. Looks really good. So the TLDR on these are, is just X-23 and Silver Samurai. Those are the ones we're really looking out for, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean these these cards, these two cards coming later in the month, or I'm not sure if I had these in order, to be honest. They're much more exciting to me than Dakin is the seasonal. I'll card. tell
1: you, I'll tell you what I'm worried about is that Twitch Rivals is on the twenty third. Oh man, I like would day love day two of X twenty three. Love to see it.
0: <laughs> I would love to see a degenerate uh, that that's oh, way you know more I'm in fun. It. Yeah, that, you know I'm in it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's way more fun yeah, yeah, yeah. though, is to see a super right, degenerate so
1: meta. <laughs> get get working, Brendan. Break <laughs> this for me. Break these cards for me, all right. I'm 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 gonna need the help.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. What uh, what's the format of Twitch Rivals this this go around?
1: I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I just I, I, like I honestly I don't know if I am. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah.
0: Don't yeah, don't don't. Uh, I'm not I'm not trying to push it. I'm just usually I'm kind of ignorant on some of that stuff. So I was just like, mm-hmm. ah. uh, well, <laughs> I hope it's up. Um, you're playing against it's playing against other streamers, not a speed run because I want to see some. I want to see all my friends play against each other. That would be super fun. <laughs> yep. Man. Yep. 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 But man, X twenty three day two meta Twitch rivals, big things on the line, and it's just this super degenerate meta. That would be super mm-hmm. fun to watch. I think they timed it perfectly. <laughs> all right, Cam. Anything to wrap up with before we close out for the week? Uh, no, I'm good. I
1: I have talked. I have talked a plenty.
0: Mm. All right. Well, boom, 55 minutes, 43 seconds. We are professionals. Now, if um, yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, you enjoy listening to us and you want to help us out, number one thing you can do is leave a review. You can do it on Apple Podcasts or rate slash snapshot. I forgot to pick one out and read one this week, but we did get some very nice ones and I'll make sure to get it in next week's episode. There's a video version of this on YouTube at youtube.com slash at the underscore snapshot. Like and subscribe while you're there. I know a lot of people look at, you know, they listen to the episodes, they watch the videos, and they're like, why do you guys not advertise this? Why Why are there so little subscribers? Well, I, I got a good I got good news for you. You can help us out. You can help us out. Share it to your friends. Hit like, subscribe, and help us get get big. Um, Twitter, Cam Best M S. Cam, your Twitch schedule, sir.
1: If you turn on Twitch.tv at like 6 p.m. most days, I will be playing Marvel Snap. That's Eastern time. So usually I go from 6 p.m. to about 10 p.m. Eastern. And I hope you enjoy it. I have a blast playing. Thanks so much. Yeah.
0: Thanks, everybody. See you next time.